0: Deal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Alex Martinez, 3-1 Golden Knights.
1: Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show.
0: Minute looking cross-eye. Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a walk-ball and go into the goal! It's a hat-trick! Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six
2: minutes to go in the third period.
1: From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren
0: Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, six down, drop the puck, let's go. Working our way through the day on the VGK Insider Show. one timer is coming up. News notes from around the National Hockey League. A couple of teams have yet to win this season as the Vegas Golden Knights on the other side of it with a 4-0 start. We'll peruse this uh, in more detail, but Vegas and Colorado, 4-0, 3-0, and then you've got the Boston Bruins Mm -hmm. and the New York Islanders at 2-0 each. Those are the the perfect teams, 100% point percentage. Yeah,
3: and you know what? You, you think about the Colorado Avalanche coming into this season. They they expect to be much better than they were. And for the Golden Knights, it's just about starting off on the right foot, and they've certainly done that to this point. And the Boston Bruins, a lot of questions going uh, to, to, to be asked of them going into this season. So far, early returns. They're doing okay.
0: Uh, let's slide over to the phone lines and uh, bring in our buddy E.J. Raddock who joins us from the NHL Network. Hey, congratulations on the on the new role, the new assignment uh, that that we've got going. Uh, get start off with that. Tell everybody uh, what what you're doing now and a little bit of play by play more.
2: Yeah, I'm doing the, uh, the. I've moved to the 6 p.m. Eastern Time NHL Tonight show as the lead analyst on that show and. Uh, it's you know I did the I was in the I was on NHL now with Jackie Redmond for the last several years part of that Steve Mears other different various co-hosts all great people great pros and very fortunate to have that and it's just it was with Jackie uh, you know moving into some different roles with WWE and with TNT and uh, doing a little bit less work it was kind of a good time I think for change. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I was just – we did our show tonight. I was with Kevin Weeks and Tony Luffman. We had a great time. It's fun to be able – on a night when there's more games, we'll, you know, be there during uh, the live action for a couple hours into the night. So it's really a lot of fun. So uh, I'm excited about it. And I am getting to call a bunch of games on the NHL Network Showcase that we have during the season on Saturdays and Sundays. We have afternoon games that we – Uh, you know, televised out of the markets, like, you know, if if Vegas is playing, you wouldn't get it necessarily in Vegas, but you get it everywhere else. So that's a lot of fun, and I'm doing the World Juniors this year, uh, calling Team USA games, and uh, I've done that one other time, and that's going to be fun, too. So it's good always to have some change, and uh, so far so good. We've had a good start to the season, and listen, you guys are off to a fantastic start, and that was a great game last night. It's like a playoff-style game there with uh, Vegas and Dallas, and really commendable to the Golden Knights. I mean, they're missing some a couple of key defensemen, and still here they are rolling along.
0: Yeah, I felt like last night sort of turned the page on respect from uh, or acknowledgement from around the league that people said, okay, the first week was nice. the the defending Stanley Cup champions. They should be in the mix. But last night vaulted the conversation and acknowledgement of Vegas returning so many different people and having a legitimate chant at the uh, second straight championship just improved that, uh, that dialogue
2: yeah I, I agree and I mean I just I really do love the team I, I just think there's I mean you get to see it up close night in and night out and we all saw what happened in the playoffs last year I just think they just they're they they're per they're, perf- they're sort of balanced so well I mean the first line is the first line the second line is the second line the third line is the third line I mean like the fourth line I always talk about Nick Waugh whenever I talk about vegas because he's so well suited he can center the fourth line he can move up to the to other lines if you need him he can be a second unit power play guy and nobody talks about a player like that and yet he's a really important piece the big strong defense you got a couple of goalies there aiden hill really emerged logan thompson was an all-star bruce Cassidy does an unbelievable job i mean right at the top with the, the mission from bill foley and george mcphee and and, and Kelly McCrimmon, I mean, I don't come on here, Darren, just to, to blow smoke just because I'm on with you guys. That's really how I feel. I've been really impressed with everything they're doing, and I think I picked them to win again. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, I really really think that their, their balance is really the, the key thing.
3: You know, Jack Eichel throughout the, the postseason last year was able to silence a lot of doubters and, and rewrite narratives about him and his career trajectory. Like, the recognition as a complete player started in the postseason last year, but how can Jack take that to a new level this year?
2: I think just keep doing what he's doing, but I mean, I think that he's going to probably provide more offense throughout the season because he's a wonderfully skilled player. I mean, you saw the goal he had against Anaheim, I guess Saturday night when he kind of danced in our poor, poor radical Gudas. He's got nothing but bad memories of, uh, <laughs> of the fortress over the last couple of years there. He got danced around by Jack and, just a, I mean, he was hey, always Hey, hold great
0: on, EJ. He's, he's not yeah. the first guy to lose his shirt in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's true, that's true. No question about that. But you know, Jack is. Uh, he's always been a wonderfully skilled player, and I just love the fact that he's evolved into the you know the two hundred foot game, like you know in years gone by, the Steve Isomans or the Mike Podanos that were really skilled offensive players that that kind of the, uh, you know evolved in their careers. And Jack is doing it, I think, at an earlier age than either one of those guys. So it's really impressive. And uh, I'm a, you know, I'm the a big fan of watching Jack Eichel. I love his game.
0: EJ Raddick from the NHL Network, NHL Tonight uh, keeps you up to date in the National Hockey League, and uh, we lean on him for uh, different uh, storylines uh, from outside our market. And one of those is happening in the New York area. Who's the best team between the Islanders, the Devils? and the Rangers?
2: Well, I think that, you know, there's three, you know, it's funny. They say styles make the fight, right? And there's three different styles. I mean, the Devils are go, 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 high skill, high energy. The, the, the Islanders are more of, you know, trying to shut it down, and they rely on Sorokin. The Rangers are kind of in between the two, which is Sirkin and with the group of players they have there. I think the Devils are probably the best of the three teams. Uh, the most balanced of the three teams. Like, It seems like those guys are kind of all growing together in New Jersey. you got to give uh, Tommy Fitzgerald and Ray Shiro really before him will help start that growth. I mean, with with Hughes and with Esher down the middle, I mean, that's their strength there. Uh, they've, they've really put together a pretty nice group of defensemen there. And, you know, the question mark is, for them, I mean, will Akira Schmidt, you know, will he take a step and, and solidify himself as a, as a high end goalie in this league? Uh, you know, Vanacek has been around a couple of years, had a really good regular season last year, kind of struggled in the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I like, I think the devils are the most entertaining and I think they're probably the best of the three right now, but you know, it, it can be tight. And again, it's, styles make the fight. So, like, the Islanders and Devils are playing Friday. The Islanders will try to have that third guy high. They'll try to shut it down. They'll try to, you know, try to play the game at a certain pace. And the Devils will want to be frenetic and want to push the pace and make it hard for the Islanders. So, you know, when those, team, when those two teams meet, like if the Devils are able to play the game the way they want to, they're going to win. It's simple as that. So it'll be interesting to watch. We've got three good teams in this area right now or three interesting teams for sure. And uh, but for me, I think the Devils. They, you know, the goaltending is a question, but I think that they are they are certainly fun to watch.
3: We'll uh, we'll stay in the East, and you know, there's there's three teams that are are linked together because we all expect them to take a step, and it's the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators, the the Buffalo Sabers. Which which of those three teams do you think is primed to take that step and make the playoffs?
2: Well, Ottawa is the team for me. I mean, and I and the reason I say it is. I think they've got real competent goaltending there with with the additions of Corpasalo and now Forsberg is back. Uh, they've got some real horses on defense. I love all their forwards. Uh, they just got Josh Norris back tonight. He scored a goal. Hopefully he's going to be able to stay healthy. Hopefully they're going to get Shane Pinto signed at some point. They got like a lot of teams they're they're capped out, but uh, they're hoping to get that done at some point soon. He's a really good young player. I just think, like, I like Buffalo's mix, too, but I look at Buffalo and they're, they're leaning on an awfully young kid there with Devin Levi in goal. And, you know, he's not the biggest guy, and he's also like a 21-year-old kid. So, you know, but then they got Comrie, then they've got Pekalukin. I mean, I just I think they're going to have to defend better than they've shown, you know, in the past. And I think they're going to continue to get better. I mean, they got some little horses on the blue line, too. But I give Ottawa, I put Ottawa ahead of Buffalo, and I put Buffalo ahead of Detroit. And that's kind of how I see those three teams. But Detroit is kind of surprised in the early going this year. They have played very, very well. And, uh, you know, maybe they're going to exceed my expectations. But for me, I really like Ottawa. That's the team that I'm most bullish on out of that group. And I think they'll make the playoffs this year.
0: E.J. Raddick chatting with us from uh, NHL Tonight, the NHL Network on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Chris Chapman is the guy that uh, you talked to when you phoned in. Uh, he puts you on the air. Uh, Chapman has skated maybe twice in his life uh, if he's going downhill. Hey, he, E.J. He, is a Jersey Shore guy. I used hold, to skate on, at the Ocean on. Ice Palace there.
2: Oh, he, I love it. The Ocean Ice Palace. I, I, I coached the Brick Cocky Club team there. Couple of years back, so I know the ocean ice pals very well.
0: Chapman couldn't go fast if he was going down the ramp from Mystery Alaska to, 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 <laughs> oh, to, to the that's ramp. That's a good okay, pull. So, so that's that, a good pull. That sets up. uh so Evgeny... was a hell of a
2: ramp, though. Let's hey, hey, I, I,
0: they, they never did show them going back to the room after a period. I don't know how they ever oh. got oh. back there, but uh, okay. k- so. But it leads me to Kuznetsov and uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov with this shootout goal that he's got going. I think he scored nine out of ten by coming in super slow. And and doing the little flip and and going blocker side, are you okay with it, or do you think it has to be looked at?
2: I don't really love it to be honest with you. I, I mean, but you know he's moving forward, and he is. you know we we get into these areas, right, Darren? You've been around a while too with the, watching this game, right? We we got into this whole thing with offsides. Oh yeah, well look, just the egregious one. There's not too many of them no big deal. We'll just review every once in a while and what happened, right? Yeah. There was a lot more offsides than we realized Free because for all. it's such a cut and dry rule. It's like either you're offside or you're not. And so this is one of those things too is like I mean, I don't love it, but if we start parsing it, where do how do we how do we legislate it? Like you have to go are we going to have a speed gun on the guys going down the ice? Yeah. You have to go over like a certain Mile an hour to have everything count. So, I mean, I don't. It's not again. I don't love it. I, but you know, I think at the other end of it, the goalies when they have to deal with it, they got to find a way to stop it. It's as simple as that. If if goalies start shutting it down, believe me, he'll he'll try something else.
0: That would be great if he gets stopped for a <laughs> for a pit lane violation going too slow. <laughs> <laughs> i just shock them up uh, there uh ej i'm really happy for you uh, congratulations uh i'm excited for this so winter much. uh caught a couple of shows and uh and it's looking great and uh the play-by-play side getting to do, uh, a little bit more than uh, than the saturdays uh, with the world junior championship and you know all about the passion uh, on uh, north american side oh, with sure. that so uh it's it's gonna be great to to be able to lean on you for that coverage
2: I, I'm looking forward to it and uh, listen, have a great year. We'll be talking to you I'm sure throughout the season and uh, listen, it's going to be a fun year in Vegas again I'm sure. So I'll probably be seeing you at some point. Uh,
0: we will uh, catch up and we will break bread and have beers. Uh, not in that order. <laughs> beers, All <right>. beers, beers. <laughs> uh, EJ. EJ Raddick from NHL Network, uh, NHL tonight uh, joining us. Are, are you with him on the order of the New York area teams? I, I think the Devils are the are the best team. Yeah,
3: of the three. I do.
0: Because the Rangers back to back hundred point
3: seasons. I, I yes, I and I know it Devils hasn't. Devils won the series. I know it hasn't been a great start to the year for the New Jersey Devils, but I, I still think that they're the best team. I really do. Of
0: the of those three teams, I think it's it's the Devils. Islanders have been so wonky the last couple of years. I and with their goaltending yeah. and their blue line, I feel like they could surprise some people. Sure. I I really don't give anybody a decided edge there. I I. I lean to the Devils. The Rangers, I,
3: I Rangers have to get production it, out of the Kako and Lafreniere, and they, that's, they have to get. And I'll tell you, like to me, that's why I'm not in on the Rangers. That's why I'm not putting the Rangers above uh, the New Jersey Devils because I, 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 don't trust at this point that Kako and, and Lafreniere are going to get the job done. Mm. I just don't. I just don't trust it. If it happens, great. I would love to be proven wrong in that spot because I want to see those two players succeed because they are a huge part of things going right and the way that they're supposed to go for the Rangers. But having said all that, I don't have trust or faith in it to happen, so I I can't put them above the Devils. I got
0: Jack Hughes coming up on the trip next week. Yeah. I don't know whether you listened to the last time he was on, but he's like, he's gold.
3: Yeah, he's amazing.
0: you, You cannot get a better conversation than Jack Hughes, where it just goes anywhere. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure that you guys uh, know when it, when it drops because it'll give you just a look inside that guy's life.
2: He, he's and, a rock star. And
0: you can't help but sit there and smile yeah. when he talks. Yeah. And his joy for the game is overwhelming, but he, he also has fun with everything else. Mm-hmm. Talks about going into New York City and having some fun there, like invading the Rangers I, turf. Uh, that that That's a lot of fun uh, on the Jack Hughes side of it. Um, I get to my story about that relates to Caden Korzak mm-hmm. losing a tooth on yep. the bench in a second. But this is a comment from Bruce Cassidy last night. Following the shootout win over the Dallas Stars, and William Carlson had a goal and an assist and I think was the most, Brett Howden, right there, mm-hmm. but but William Carlson was. We'll show an example tomorrow night in the pregame show. You talk about 200 foot player. Yep, like he is. He's touching the boards at one end and he's touching the boards at the other. He's involved in both and he's not the last guy in either way. And being able to play every different role. And last night they they changed up the lines late, mm-hmm. loaded up, mm-hmm. and he ended up playing a little bit in the wall yeah. uh, as he went with Stevenson and Stone. That decision. And here's Bruce Cassie's assessment and uh, compliments to William Carlson.
3: Interesting thing with Carly, I didn't know whether who to put on the wing because I, I, you know, he's never played wing since I've been here. I don't know how much he's played. Maybe a little the first year so. That's something I'll have to talk to him about next time if we decide to change like that. But at the end of the day, listen, he's a competitor. He knows the game. He could play defense for us. We really need him, to be honest. He's that
0: smart. So I'm not too worried about that. There's guys that can do that. Mm-hmm. There's guys that wouldn't be happy about that. But he like he is a firm center. Yeah. Oh yeah. You put him up on the wing, he still makes it happen. And and Stone, by the way, made the play on the wall, yeah. the puck retrieval yep. to get it to Korzak, who didn't back off, Mm-mm. who stayed put and kept the puck in, in the zone and then Carlson somehow comes up with the tip. But uh, the, the versatility to be able to put somebody like that in a different spot and then for it to work must give the coach confidence, because coaches work with, with confidence too and their, their gut reactions. Yeah. But the playing the blue line side, I wonder whether Carlson could do it or <laughs> how effective he would be in doing it. And I say that because not that they're in the same league when it comes to defending mm-hmm. like Carlson could he could be in a conversation for Selke. I don't sure. think he'll ever win one but yeah. he could be he's he's that reliable in the penalty kill and and defending. But you saw what Jonathan Marchessault did with his change of speed on Jason Robertson yeah. last night one yeah. on one. Yep. Like he recognized that he was going against a forward <laughs> yeah. and was gone, just gone. Yep. I wonder what William Carlson would be like in in that position, and I'm being fully 100 percent honest in in my uh, curiosity about that. Well, if if
3: Bruce Cassidy thinks William Carlson could play D, like I think he could. Now, do I think that he would be as as good as we see William Carlson in, in the spots where he's at right now, offensively minded? No, I, no. But give but him some time. Could he hold his own? Give him some time. I think he could. Like, I absolutely do. And it, it, it's an interesting one because he, he made that comment, and he also talked about three-on-three three and the idea of possibly going three forwards in three-on-three in, in three overtime. And I wonder if you
0: get— I, I think more teams should do it.
3: I wonder if you you have that belief and you feel that that's a, an option that works for you because you've got a player like William Carlson who you throw him out there with, say, Jack Eichel and, and Mark Stone or Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson all of a sudden, like you've got three guys on the ice that, that can get it done, that can motor, that can work, but the the awareness of all three, it, you're not you're not going to be left with with too much that you're giving up
0: either. This team has some very responsible, versatile forwards. Yeah, I could see Nick Wah being able to play the blue line. Mm-hmm. His skating ability and his attention in his own zone that translates to me. Mm-hmm. William Carlson, center, Iceman sees the zone really well i think it's a little tougher for a winger to to, quite honestly to make that transition we've heard guys go from the wing to center and Mm -hmm. and the 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 different areas that you have to cover but those two in particular i can see it because of, of the way they see the game. chandler stevenson is a go hard guy sure uh jack eichel i just don't want it because I want, I want to see him playing center. Yeah, but if, with in you. in a pinch, yeah, I think those two guys could could do it. Yeah. So if if those two have the range to play five forward or skater positions, mm-hmm. which one could hit for the cycle and play goal? Oh man. I. I think William Carlson. I, I'm I, William Carlson. To I've never witnessed this. Okay, but it's in my head for some reason. There's certain guys at the end of a skate, and various points during a season will grab the goalie's stuff. Yeah, like the gloves, and the mask, or just the gloves, and will stand there and and take some shots. William Carlson seems like that kind of guy that grab a blocker and trapper and say, "Throw some pucks on me." Um, I'm gonna go. Nick Wah and and I'm predicating
3: that on size. Hmm. I'm just Nick Wah is a taller guy. He's he's a, he's a thicker guy than than William Carlson. Like I'm just going Nick Wah purely on size. I'm gonna have Ashley
0: follow this up. Yeah, tomorrow. it just occurred to me. It's amazing the the range in those two players in particular, mm-hmm. and we we've got them playing all five skater positions. Who could hit for the cycle? If you needed an emergency goaltender. Would it be William Carlson or Nick Wah? I'm choosing Nick Wah. I think William Carlson would make the choice for you. He'd be first up. He'd and he would want it. to go in. Yeah. He, he would do it. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. A- anything the team needs, he'll do. i got a great story about getting hit on the bench. <laughs> this plays off Cade Korzak, and, and if you missed it in hour, number one, uh, download the podcast at LVSportsNetwork.com. Right, Javin? Correct. All right. Because we're not on Apple right now.
1: No, no. Well, there's a
0: hiccup there.
1: Although I haven't gotten complaints on Twitter, so maybe things have been fixed. But I don't, I don't or have... Or they've
0: given up on you. Well, hold, that on, hold on. Possibly
1: hold on. too. Yeah. Please. I don't have Apple, so I don't, I don't have the ability to check.
3: Well, here, here we'll do it this way. At Ryan Hockey Guy, at Magnum702, at Fox Sports LV, is the podcast situation fixed? Like, are you
0: able to get the podcast now? Let us know. I'll try and download it in the break. Yeah. We will go down the path of Caden Korzak and how he lost his tooth during a, during a game. Yeah. He's got that great hockey smile. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a similar story on that. And then we've got one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, and we've got tickets, Chapman.
1: Yes, we do. We have tickets for the Chicago Blackhawks game next Friday. It's Nevada Day for those who celebrate. And uh, this thanks to Porter Subs, your neighborhood sub shop. What caller? Uh let's go with um
3: Okay, you so you're, you're no, blanking on it. Twelve. Okay, good. Twelve. I was
0: just gonna throw it, wasn't a, a, th- it wasn't a trick question. No, I,
3: I I had to think. I wasn't expecting you to throw I, that at me. I really wanted to get Corey Perry in the fold, but ninety four is a little high. Yeah,
1: I well now that I think about it, I, I was like, Oh, we could have gone six, but six times two is twelve. Six for Caden Korzak, of course. But we'll go twelve. Since he had a goal and an assist. So two points for Kaden Korzak times six is twelve.
0: Reactionary whenever man. this happens yes. I have Ryan Wallace on my shoulder saying, you did this. Yes. You brought him into this. You did it. Uh, 702-876-1340. We'll send you to next Friday's game between the Golden Knights and the Chicago Blackhawks. Two tickets uh, available. As we go to break, we remind you, Paul Padalaw presents the one-timer segment, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Next.
1: Carlson left corner centered one-timer score
2: it's time
1: for one-timers a quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League brought to you by Paul Padalaw it's not about the injury it's about the recovery
0: the Knights up against the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night. Rematch of the first round series from a year ago and that's when Winnipeg had a lot of great excitement to start. The one opening game were great in the first period of game two and then fizzled away. You saw the passion of the Winnipeg Jet fans uh, throughout that series and then after the set ended, there was all the hubbub about Rick Bonus making comments regarding not being very competitive. Yep. Blake Wheeler sounded off. He got bought out. It, it was a uncomfortable summer mm-hmm. for the Winnipeg Jets which revolved around the contracts for Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley. Yep. Both were on expiring deals this year and then the trade of Pierre-Luc Dubois mm-hmm. to the Los Angeles Kings. Well, they... They dealt with the Hellebuck-Shifley contracts right before the start of the season. Yeah. Matching 8.5 seven-year deals. Dubois went to L.A. He seems to be happy. Winnipeg got pretty good return for that. But one of the players that came over, Gabe Velarde, mm-hmm. he's up four to six weeks now. Yeah. Injured last night against the Los Angeles Kings. This on the heels of Winnipeg attracting the smallest crowd to a home game, 11,000 people, smallest crowd to a home game since the Jets relocated there from Atlanta. A lot of the long-term ticket renewals mm-hmm. did not get re-upped through the course of this summer and the wonderment about which direction the team was going to go in. And I'm convinced that part of the signing of Hellebuck and Shifley mm-hmm. Like they both wanted eight years, they got seven. Yeah. But part of the reason why those two contracts came to fruition was to make people happier at the Tim Hortons at the coffee shop and the the, the different yeah. chat rooms or yeah. uh, on on social media. They they're going to have a challenge getting people back in the building on the short term. The Economy's uh, what it is, etc. It's I know it's harvest season uh, up in up in Canada the prairies, but. Boy, oh boy. 11,000 people for a game against Pierre-Luc Dubois. That grabbed people's attention last night. Yeah,
3: it, it's definitely not a good sign. Um, however, I, I'm with you in that this is why it was necessary to bring Mark Shifley yeah. and Connor Hellebuck back, right? Like, Because I think that both of those players have enough cachet that as the team goes through the season, there's going to be some ups and downs, but I, I do think that they're much better or in a better spot to be a better team. Now that the distractions are gone, there's there's less drama surrounding the Winnipeg Jets. But the the way to get fans back in the door is to get them to believe that the playoffs are are uh, again in the sights of the Winnipeg Jets. And I think with both of those guys back in tow, it is. I would it, have
0: signed Connor halibut to seven years. I, I would
3: have. I I wouldn't have gone that long. But I understand. But, but I understand why they did. But but again, it's like you you need them here in the short term. And you'll deal with the long-term ramifications later. Like, I, I get it from that perspective. But the Gabriel Velarde thing, that, that just sucks. Because I'd, you need him to be a, a part of this team and, and a big reason. Four to six weeks, that's a, that's a long time without Velarde in the lineup.
0: I talked to Chevy, my buddy, the yeah. general manager of the Winnipeg Jets on, on the chirp. Uh, and and you can download that, right? and That one is on Apple. One, ours <laughs> is not on Apple, right? Just yet. But we're working on it. Uh, the chirp is on Apple. And, and there's a bit of acknowledgement from Kevin Sheveldaeff about the PR yeah. spin on getting those two guys signed. And they were aware this summer when the renewals weren't happening that this was going to be a story, Yeah, putting people in the seats. Yeah, I, I think we just have to give it a
2: little
3: bit of time mm-hmm. up in Winnipeg. I, I think the team will be good. Um, it, it's been a bit of a lukewarm start, one and two through three games. Certainly the, the game last night, the 5-1 loss to the Los Angeles Kings and Pierre-Luc Dubois making his return doesn't doesn't help.
0: Um, but LB, I think he will be okay. Lauren Bersois is going to start tomorrow night. I'm That's what my sources are saying. I'm excited for that. He will start for the Winnipeg Jets against the Golden Knights. I'm, I am I'll get his ring. I wonder if they take the ring up there I would and give it to him they before they the game. Yeah, That's a pretty good... Saturday actually. Yeah. We're going to give you the ring yep. 90 minutes before the game. Sure.
3: Let the emotions flood in. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's going to be so starstruck. Do you by think it. that
0: should be the strategy? Is yes. that is that a legitimate ploy?
3: Well, I'm not waiting can... I'm not waiting till after the game. Mm-hmm. I want him to be as distracted as possible going into the game. 100%. I'm giving him the ring prior to the game. You've seen the ring. You know what it does to people.
0: There's a speaking engagement yesterday. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon was uh, the keynote speaker, and mm-hmm. then I did a Q&A with him after, and he did his whole presentation with the ring on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was, like, hypnotized. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Leo Carlson is going to make his debut for the Anaheim Ducks against the Dallas Stars tomorrow night. Uh, he sustained a lower body injury uh, during practice on October 6th, which is Coincidentally enough, was the last time that our podcast was on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so
3: Leo, Leo Carlson comes back first. <laughs> Good for him. Well done, Leo Carlson. And that's not an us problem. No. That's an Apple problem. Yeah, come on. But we're working on Figure it. Figure it out,
0: Apple. Uh, we're uh, on Spotify.
3: We are on Spotify, Amazon Music. So, like, you can go there. We can also uh, get our podcast on lvsportsnetwork.com. So, go there if you are hankering for the podcast versions yeah, of the Beach Canyon Center show. There's a
0: site redesign, too. It looks yeah, good over there.
3: Yeah, a brand new website. So, a little bit easier to navigate. Do you like what
0: I did there? Like, yeah.
3: Like, the, with the coding? Yeah.
0: Uh, like, I I put you, some serious time in you that did this a, summer. You did a
3: great job. I did not know that was a skill set in your wheelhouse.
0: You never know when you might have to
3: lean on something. That's true. So, Leo Carlson. I'm excited. Like, that's, that's all I've got. Like, I'm excited to see the player. I'm excited to see Leo Carlson in game action. I, I thought
0: he was good in the preseason, but... I'm looking forward to him in regular season action. And one more note to tell you about. Josh Norris made his season debut tonight for the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. E.J. Raddick mentioned that Josh Norris scored. Yeah. Uh, we can update that. He's got a pair. Yeah. Josh Norris with all the shoulder situation uh, revolving around him the last couple of years. And uh, it, he wasn't the most confident person. There some real worries about him pushing his body yeah. in this because he's hurt it a couple of times. Yeah, and Psychologically, he's got to get through this next stretch sure, yeah. to feel good about himself. Scoring two goals in the first game, coming back, that's good. And uh, right now, the Ottawa Senators have a nice sizable lead on the Washington Capitals.
3: Yeah, it's a 5-1 lead right now for the Ottawa Senators. Oh. However, there's a, a an offside review happening right now, so we'll see We'll see uh, if, if
0: Claude Giroux is able to... I'm, trying, I'm, I'm looking at the replay right now. Yeah. Live look Yeah. as I talk you through this. The angle is from the scoreboard, and it's looking down. I've, I've never seen this angle before oh, on wow. a review. You're a little bit ahead of where I'm at. It's really good. Yeah, that is awesome. That, that angle, instead of going across the line Yeah. or from a slight angle from the side and down, it's from center ice looking down at the blue line as the players go the other way. Yeah. Might might be one of the best angles I've seen for an offside review. Are you any closer to figuring out whether or not it's offside? It's not going to count. Oh, okay. Well, well there we not go. not going to count. Uh, here's my story. Caden uh just to re-let re, uh, you know what, uh, what happened and where this is coming from. Caden Korzak's in a uh, super series. They call it the super series. Uh, in the Western Hockey League where Russia comes over and plays a couple of games against the OHL, the QMJHL, and the WHL. And then Hockey Canada sort of uses that as a selection process for Team Canada's World Junior Team. Okay. And C- Caden Korzak's playing in that exhibition series, and he's on the bench, and somebody flips the puck. I think it was – I think it's a guy that plays for Henderson right now. I want to say – I'm not totally sure, but it's like a – Basically, a person within the organization okay. for Vegas, okay, for playing for Russia, flips puck up and hits Korzak in in the face. Okay, he knocks his to- he has oh, to wow. get his tooth knocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh, has his tooth removed. So that's why Korzy has I call him Korzy. That's why Korzy has that great hockey player smile. Yeah, it's amazing with, with the tooth out. My buddy Nick Kiprios, mm-hmm. This goes way back to the. Do you remember the Capitol Center in Washington? It's before the the current rink. I don't. It was the Capital Center in Landover, Maryland. It was dark, I, even for <laughs> games on television. It was dark. Okay. But it it was one of, if not the first, it was the first three teams rinks to have a jumbotron screen. Okay. With moving pictures, all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Not just the score. Okay. So Kipper is on the bench playing for the Capitals. And he's watching the play on the jumbotron. Because it's brand new. Like yeah. why why wouldn't you? Yeah. And he's watching and the play's coming up the wall. And he just watches the puck gets shot out of the zone. And then whack. He's on the floor of the bench. <laughs> because the puck <laughs> came up and it went in the bench and smashed him into the side of the face. Oh boy. So he gets up and he and he looks over at his teammate and says, How is it? And his teammate does this. Not good. and he's got this big scar on his face and Kipper's a tough guy Yeah, yeah. played that role really tough lefty he could fight one of the biggest scars on his face is courtesy of a puck hitting him on the bench because he was watching the scoreboard instead of the play I I can tell you right now that would have been me
3: like if I was fascinated by that new technology of a scoreboard having you know the ability to watch the game as it's happening I'd absolutely be drawn there and and Forego my surroundings,
0: 100%. Crazy, the game within the the, the game, and <laughs> they's getting back there, getting all stitched up, and you can't even tell people. Yeah, yeah. I got into a fight with uh, Tim Kerr. Well, we got, we went right at it.
3: I mean, to be honest, you could tell people whatever you want.
0: Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I just that rank was so dark. Yeah. The, the lights really did stop at the side. At at the rink, (laughs) they were that dialed in. Yeah. But even it just looked dingy. There was no. Yeah, it was was weird. Uh, We got a couple of tickets to give away. By the way, tickets. Yes. Goal counted. Goal counted. Oh, did. Yeah. 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 Five-one Ottawa. So maybe it's not the best angle. And Alex Ovechkin just has a stinking assist. No goals. He didn't have a shot the other night. First time in a long time that he went a whole
3: game without a shot. I don't know what's happening.
0: Ah. If they don't get their power play going, (laughs) they're sunk. Yes. But they've also got a first-year head coach. Mm-hmm. Give them some time to work into that. All right? Okay. Just a little bit of time. I'm not uh, I'm not jumping off that. Uh, hope that we're going to have Ovechkin and Crosby in a playoff chase uh, this year. Uh, we got tickets to give away. One more set for the game against the Chicago Blackhawks next Friday, Nevada Day afternoon start. If you are the ninth caller to 702-876-1340, you will go to that game on us on Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
1: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman.
0: Oh, Christopher.
1: Hi, Darren. So I think in our business, there's there's times where we ask questions and it sounds better in our head than when it does when it comes out. So last night I asked Bruce Cassidy about what went behind playing Caden Korzak in overtime. And I think the way it came out was me questioning why he would.
0: Why would you question Bruce Cassidy? Well,
1: that's the thing. That wasn't in my mind. Who are I, I you was thinking. To call
0: out Bruce Cassidy? Well,
1: if you'll let me explain. So in my mind, I was thinking, no organizations or there's not a lot of organizations that have the depth to be able to play their ninth defenseman in overtime. But when I asked him the question, I think it sounded like. You're playing your ninth defenseman in overtime. What went into your thinking? And and it it was kind of funny because Bruce kind of paused and... No, I'm just crazy. That's what his answer was to me. And then he went on to give a really good answer as to why he played Korczak in overtime. He really likes what he brings and, you know, he's got a lot of skill set for overtime, but I'm like, oh, man. Like, like, it got a good laugh, but it sounded good in my head when I asked it, but when it came out, it sounded not so good. So I, 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 don't, I know Bruce in Summerlin listens. I know he's in Winnipeg, so he's probably not listening. But, Bruce, if you hear this, that was not my intent. I would never question why you would do something because his hockey knowledge is much greater than mine. So, He's forgotten more about the game than I'll ever know. So I, I would never question why he would do something. So that, that wasn't the intent. At least you let it go. Well, I I was driving home and I listened to it again. I said, "Man, what do you mean you listened to it again?" Well, I was, I, I I I was able to listen to it again. You record your? No, I I I went on the Twitter and I listened to it on Twitter on my way home.
3: When did you When did you decide you were going to pull the audio for catching up with Chapman?
1: No, I I I I cut that this afternoon because I want to keep it as a drop.
3: Oh, okay. I like that.
1: Yeah. It's a good drop. It is a good drop.
3: How many drops do you have? No, I'm just crazy. How many drops do you have in the computer right now?
1: I've got a lot. I mean, I'm not going to count them, but I would say probably close to 40. I think there's too
0: many.
3: Darren, your point is well taken. You're the greatest ever.
0: It's one of my favorites. Jared thinks you have too many. Well,
1: when Jared runs the show, he could put his own drops in.
0: Whoa. Cut that <laughs> as a drop. That's
3: we're going to start a fight right here. No,
1: I don't think we are. <laughs>
0: Do you get along better? Is your relationship with Bruce Cassidy better than your relationship with Jared right now?
1: I have a good relationship with Jared. He helped me move. I have a really good relationship with Jared.
0: It doesn't sound like it's very good. No, it's there's nothing wrong he with it. He thinks that you have too many drops well, that's and fine. you're him to mind his own business. Yeah, it's a good relationship. What about your relationship with Bruce? Because it sounds like that's on the rock. Yeah, track.
1: I know. I'm, 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 I'm hurt now because I know he's a fan of. Well, he, I wouldn't say a fan, but I know he likes me. So I, I want to, I want to keep
0: it. there. If way. I said to him, pick out Chapman. You told us last wait a minute, Wait a year. minute.
3: He'd be able to pick out Chapman.
0: Yeah. He'd be able to pick out Chapman. He would know which one Chapman is. Yeah, he would
1: say the guy with the hula shirt. He
0: knows he knows there's a Chapman, but he know does he know which one Chapman is? I think he does. Based on the amount
3: of questions post-game he's asked, I think he would. And then I got your
0: back, buddy. Yeah. We're gonna do an experiment here. Okay,
1: we'll ask him. You've been down this path. Turn to the left. (laughs) Turn to the right. At Albuquerque.